0: Hiya, folks. For this month's Behind the Scenes, we have some fascinating observations on the nature of time from Maud's very own Erd Antonia Gottesman. Um, <laughs> I hope I pronounced that right, by the way, Antonia. Um, apologies if I didn't, of course. And what follows is very definitely the longest behind-the-scenes segment um, that we've ever had on a behind-the-scenes for Maudlin. Uh, what we did was Alexa and I kind of hooked up online with one of these little pieces of chat software and actually had a proper conversation and it was so much fun um, that we thought we'd kind of just keep the whole conversation intact I know it's really long but it was such a giggle to do really good fun and um, I hope you all enjoy it Uh, (laughs) in fact actually I'll just stop, stop myself there I think Alexa and I should have our very own radio talk show. (laughs) What do you folks think? (laughs) Emails to maudlin at (laughs) brokensea.com? Anyways, hope you all
1: enjoy. This question of time is fascinating. I mean, for instance, time shifts according to perception and perception shifts according to events. The present shapes the past, and the past, the present. We've all seen this with new facts emerging about how time uh, was, and which changes our knowledge of then, which means then has changed too. My understanding is that all time is now, and it is this loom that weaves and reweaves events, altering them. The future, I think, works the same way. We live in a very creative universe, if you see it this way. Working on this audio production is a living example of how time and place and working with people that you've never seen, yet you come together in this production, including the distance, and, and, and it also includes the audience as... Um, If you listen, because it keeps shifting and changing. There are all sorts of implications and ways of behaving, if you have this perspective anyway. Now, as far as the past, where do I exist? I am the past fate, you know, in the future, before you listen to the episode, in the past, if you were to hear it, but then I could be anywhere, this is in the mind time. I mean, it's not natural time, it's mind time. I loved it when the fake cuts the strings and their future gets, you know, snipped away and then later re it back because isn't that how it is? I mean, we shift and alter and change and reshape. And again, um, this thing of altering time and repairing time, I think it's something that it's worth contemplating. <laughs> Right,
0: there you go, we're all set. It looks like it's recording. Hi, how are you? Hello. Hello, how are you?
2: You don't want to ask her hi.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been over my folks' house actually. Um, it's Monday, my wife's birthday on uh, Wednesday. And my mum and dad have oh! a, big, a massive great big party for her <laughs> out in their backyard. And the sun's just really, really hot today. Um, I was just wondering, actually, um, are you aware of any ice <laughs> <sort> of mythologies? <laughs>
2: hmm. Well, there's Old Man of Winter, there's the what is that, the Snow Queen, or...
0: Yeah, I was just wondering, actually, because I, um, I mean, I had this weird conversation out there, I was saying, you know, this is a bit too much for me, this heat. And, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of came up with the idea that, like, basically, like, my ideal holiday would be Alaska.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and, Too dark. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Too dark up there.
0: No, it'd be great. I'd love to see the place. The scenery looks spectacular there. Anyhow, I, I, I said this to my cousin's husband, and he turns around and he says to me, Hey... He said, You don't want to say that because we'll all clump together and send you there (laughs) with a one way ticket. I
2: thought,
0: Thanks very much. (laughs) So there's
2: one short mythology about it I always liked. I can't recall the name of it, but in short, there's this sort of ice man and. uh, it's the old story of the wicked stepmother and all that, and she sends this poor innocent maiden out just to freeze to death. And she comes across winter and he tries to make her all cold and die and, and she keeps being polite and saying, oh no, I'm not cold, I'm lovely, thank you. And so at the end he rewards her so that whenever she speaks, the diamonds come out. Wow. So she goes back and the wicked stepmother goes, oh this is fantastic. So she sends her own daughter out, who is Crab, crabby and cross, and and so he, whenever she speaks, as a result, frogs come out. <laughs> so I thought it was funny.
0: <laughs> Gives a whole new meaning to having a frog in your throat, doesn't it? Really. <laughs> well that'd be a great one to do, actually, as a story. Yeah, I so, suppose so. I was wondering if there was um, maybe some kind of Eskimo type mythologies, because their culture's really rich, you know. And I was thinking, I mean, the, yeah. surely they must have some kind of. Um, sort of mythologies running through their culture as well. And
2: also the Nutka sound. Nutka sound is good. It's up there.
0: Wow. That'll be something maybe for the future, yeah? Maybe mm-hmm. Series 3 or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Because I know... Classy. I know you're already so far through Series 2, aren't
2: you? Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Ah, man. Um, I must admit, like, he, uh, reading some of the scripts that are coming back for Series 2, absolutely superb. The last two particularly were really good. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed those. Um, I think they're going to make really, really entertaining episodes, quite frankly.
2: Indeed. <laughs> you don't sound so convinced. <laughs> no, I always hate me on my own scripts.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I get that sometimes, you know, when I'm... Um, uh, take for example, if I've just written a new wrote, uh, written, especially
2: rotten Maiden. Old English, there.
0: Yeah, it must be. Yeah, <laughs> it's gotta be Latin or something, hasn't it? <laughs> no, but if I've just written a new piece of music, I'll play it back and I'll play it back and I'll play it back and I I must play it back several hundred times over, and I'm still never happy with it. Yeah. And I think it's, um, so I can't remember who it was, but somebody really, really famous said that um, true artists um, never, ever do finish um, a piece of art. Um, hmm. they simply abandon them. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I mean, with my paintings, I tend to paint over them. I'll do this painting, as it? No, just paint over it again. Wow. <laughs>
0: God, Bennett, <laughs> actually I've seen some of your artwork and I quite like that actually, I like your style <laughs> in all honesty, um, especially some of the pieces that have been exhibited as well, well done about that by the way,
3: oh, excellent yeah.
0: stuff, because <laughs> um, I think um, generally speaking most most artistic people, I mean I'm uh, up till recently I was kind of really more known for writing music, um, but I think it's generally true that if you if you've got sort of one artistic bent, it tends to follow that you've got more you've you've got more as well in the background. Like for instance, like I say, I, up till recently I was most known for writing and producing music. Um, however, I've now moved into audio drama production. As obviously, you have
2: some art too. I mean, you do some art.
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do quite a bit of uh, graphic design, yeah. um, especially sort of um, digital type artworks. Um, and I write poetry as well, um, yeah. but I haven't done that for a very, very long time, but yeah, I used to write quite <laughs> a bit. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah, I recently started up again.
0: Wow, wow. I'd like to read some of that. In fact, I did recently. <laughs> I, w- I won't go into you details because I know it's sort of personal and all, you know, but... Well, uh, it's
2: it's Dantean, so it's not necessarily personal, it's...
0: Right, okay. Okay. <clears throat>
2: For those of you who are wondering, it's love poetry, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is why I didn't want to go into details because it is obviously rather personal, and this is going yeah. out to the general public and all. Yeah, <laughs> I would never put somebody on that sort of spot. <laughs> but uh, recently, I had a—I um, I actually wrote something again recently, which was a wind-up for our Mister Holweg. <laughs> did oh you yeah, catch that, that one.
2: Was, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think?
0: Okay. Well, why do
2: you ha why are you French with a Yorkshire accent? <laughs> I
0: couldn't resist putting that in. It's something that I've wondered through. <laughs> For those who don't know, it's actually up on the Broken Sea site, and it's one of those little hidden gems. In fact, what I did was I kind of wrote it just to wind Bill up, <laughs> and basically the The executive, basically, Paulie and um, Dave of the executive team were the only two people other than me that knew it existed, (laughs) and we kept it quiet until it actually went on general release last Thursday. <laughs> so, the, f- the first time Bill even knew it existed was actually when he <laughs> when he first heard it at work oh. as well.
3: <laughs> oh
0: no! <laughs> Apparently, he listened to it at work on some headphones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just absolutely cracked up. I mean, I couldn't resist um, putting in things like uh, Wesley leaving a triple behind at the com. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> that
0: was massive. <laughs> um it's just uh it's just my sense of humor Uh, (laughs) um there's a bit of a fart joke at the end as well but i'll I'll, I'll leave our our listeners to kind of discover that one themselves (laughs) it's uh, a little unsavory but kind of funny anyway um again that's my sense of humor sometimes uh rather toilet-based <laughs>
2: Yeah, at Misfits a lot of the others have that sort, and I of course have the opposite so I'm always, always going, was that very funny? I'm like, I, no comment? <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> Fair enough <laughs>
2: Never on mod, it would never be on mod, just to warn you <laughs>
0: Oh no, I appreciate that, it's a different style of humour on mod um, <laughs> very, very subtle, I think, and quite clever humour, um, although it, there's, there's been some real belly laughs produced for me on Maud. Um, how can I put it?
2: Any of this episode. at The library, for me, this was the most amusing part, uh, most amusing episode yet was the sequence in the library because most of it ha- actually happened to me. Uh, there <laughs> was an open-lidded coffee cup, Left in a library once I was in, it wasn't at Oxford but at another library, <laughs> <laughs> and the libraries literally shrieked and ran out of the room. <laughs> 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 Happened.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that whole scene for me was was actually one of the highlights um, of producing mod so far. I literally, I was, I, I was trying to mix the lines together and add this background ambience and all the sound effects of the books being thrown, and I was literally cracking up at my computer. <laughs> I mean, the performances in that as well were just yeah. absolutely perfectly judged for comedy, and it really come across well. I think that whole scene works brilliantly well. I mean, one of my other favourite bits um, is one of Sophie's lines, and it's a few episodes back where they're in a cavern, and to make the gin go away. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, uh, that was just the most hysterically cool scene. She just turns around and says, well, didn't you do that anyway to start with? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of having
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, I, all the way around I had to put that Oxford. in
2: because a, a lot of fairy stories and movies and tell of course, people will do things like that at the end. I go, why didn't you do that in the first yeah. five minutes? Why?
0: Well, yeah, I mean it's like um if, if you watch many of the sort of low budget horror films, it's like, um, don't go down in the basement you know, <laughs> I'm just popping out for the next five minutes don't pop yeah. don't go into the basement, you know, and the first thing to do is you know it's." <sighs> And then there's <laughs> this huge sound effect. as an axe buries itself, you know? <laughs> it's like, I why the hell did you go in there? <laughs> you were told not to, you know? <laughs> and um, that one line worked really, really well because I've, I've always kind of seen Sophie as our conscience and almost sort of the, the most sensible character <laughs> Oh <yeah>. the show. <laughs> she's kind of... Um, she's the one that's got all the ideas, I think, and uh, I absolutely adore that character for that reason, she's kind of, she's almost like a 20th or 21st century person, but being transported back into the 1930s, if you see what I mean, it's almost like she's got um, a philosophy similar to the one that we have today, (laughs) so she's sort of way ahead of her time. And I, I absolutely love the fact that you will come out with one-liners like that. And it, it just makes so much sense to us all,
1: actually. <laughs> so I
0: love it when you throw those sort of lines into the script. They're absolutely fantastic.
2: <laughs> and also, for anyone who was wondering, uh, the list of libraries, I believe Rosalie or was it Westbrook goes off on, on the end of the episode. And all those are actual libraries at Oxford. I took out my booklet of all the libraries and listed them off. Wow. I haven't been to all of them, but they're, there. <laughs> they're all there. You can go visit them if you have the paperwork.
0: <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it's kind of... Um, I mean, I'm still telling people today that the locations on Maud are real. You know,
2: and, yeah every uh, single one of them yeah
0: it's it's amazing because um I mean I was talking to um you know I was interviewed recently for the snack infested mm-hmm. waters mm-hmm. podcast, and i was i actually i was i was, i mentioned it to Taylor actually on that um podcast, and he seemed so surprised that there were real places and really? I, th- I think generally speaking people are really shocked by that in in quite a big way. Um, but also thrilled at the same time because these are real places and and Mm -hmm. at some point in the future, and I mean, I'm going to do this as well,
3: incidentally, (laughs)
0: is that at some point in the future, I'm going to go to Oxford and I'm going to look for some of these locations that you've put in mod, and um, I absolutely have to have my photograph taken in front of some of the, you know, the big places, you know.
2: Yeah, for example, in in this episode we had the plane tree. Right,
3: Which is right there, yeah. on the
2: new building lawn, if anyone's ever been there. If you walk in through the entrance and you see the new building lawn, there's the plane tree right there.
0: Wow. I mean, I've always wanted to sort of visit the Eagle and Child as well and have a pint of Guinness in the Eagle and Child. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I have to say that um, Guinness isn't one of my favourite pints. I'm sort of very much <laughs> a sort of real ale man. I'm um, Cuddy Sark. Uh, sorry? Could he sark. Could he sark?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. What's that?
0: Apart from a ship
2: it's sort of scotch.
0: Ah right I'm, I'm with you now.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like I like a good brandy or a rum or vodka or <laughs> just about anything with an alcohol content <laughs> in all honesty. But Guinness and um Guinness is sort of synonymous with Maud now. <laughs> yeah. So well
2: that's Arthur Tins. That's Arthur tins.
0: tins. It is, yes. Um you
2: need to order a large water?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what I'll do is if I go to the Eagle and Child, I'm I'm going to have a pint of Guinness and a pint of water as well. <laughs> 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 I'll just tell a barmaid that I was really thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I t- I'll tell you what would be a real turn-up for the books is if the barmaid turned out to be called Sophie, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. That would be such a surprising, shocking sort of (laughs) turn of (laughs) events. (laughs) I think I'd probably pass out, in fact, if she told me that she was called Sophie. You know, wow. But yeah, I absolutely have to go and visit some of these places at some point. And um, I'm in London, um, or certainly in the south of England, about two or three times a year. um, Because I run a Gary Newman forum. Now, um,
2: Arthurton is from Linfield. If you've ever been there,
0: I've not. Um, to be Asset, honest, if you want to go
2: visit Arthurton,
0: <laughs> I'll have to go there as well. <laughs> uh, although I have been to Wales, <laughs> um, which is where Worsley's from, isn't it?
2: I haven't decided where Worsley's from.
0: Ah, right. Because uh-huh. I remember the original casting calls went out, and he was described as a Welsh character. But yeah, I mean um Dave Dave plays him with sort of a sort of semi sort of Scottish accent that just occasionally yeah, well, you only you get a, have... you only <laughs> get a tiny Scottish. little snippet of it occasionally, so it's kind of almost as if he was born in Scotland but had moved to the to England.
2: If you see yeah. what I mean. He put you know.
0: on airs. <laughs> Sorry?
2: He put on airs.
0: That's) <laughs> I suppose He's you would if you went to Oxford, yeah?) <laughs> so how do you think I would go down with my accent in 1930s, Oxford?
2: <laughs> I don't think you'd be allowed in. <laughs> you'd at least be plucked about. 12 times, no. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have a funny feeling you're right because that's I mean even our characters in Maud's sometimes do occasionally rip the mick out of each other because of their accents and their cultures <laughs> yeah, Westbrook tends to be on the back end of that quite a bit mm, I've
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: with his cattle wrestling and stuff but yeah great 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 characters and I mean that's what Maudlin's all about for me it's the characters the characters are absolutely superb um they're really, really well-rounded, and I know as well that later on, especially as we progress into Series 2, there's going to be some serious <laughs> character development sort of yeah, moving definitely. on and stuff, as the characters are a bit older and such like, you know.
2: And uh, introducing C- Colchester
0: Of course, yes. Of course, we have a new character. And his
2: uh, brother-in-arms of, What did I name him? was it little... Something.
0: Forget. Thinking, like, I don't think it was.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I, I don't remember. I <laughs> he, he will be recurring.
0: Oh, cool. Because I've I, I've read a few of the scripts with him in it, of course, as you know, and um, mm-hmm. I really like those two characters. I won't <laughs> say why because I don't want to spoil it for our listeners, but they are really, really good characters. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, um, back to modeling. <laughs> uh,
2: this episode was yeah, about the Norns. Of and course. they were the three fates. I didn't want to do the three fates because I wanted to bring it to a different culture again. I like to skip between cultures. and I always found them fascinating in the history of Middle Earth, and that's Middle Earth, that's not Tolkien's Middle Earth, that is, right, <laughs> it can okay. be very confusing, it's spelled differently. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sort of
3: an the old North
2: English.
0: North Middle Earth. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, sort of an old English type spelling, perhaps?
2: Well, it's two words, so right. it's Middle and then Earth, and Earth has the E capitalised, and Tilkin's, right. it's Middle dash small e.
0: Right, okay, Yeah. <laughs> well fair enough <laughs> thanks for the clarity <laughs> i I heard actually I did a bit of um I did a little bit of my old Wikipedia sort of <laughs> research <laughs> on nuns as well, and um it it I kind of came up with um a little description that described them as being um sort of part of the valkyries, so I thought, mm. I don't know, really, no. No,
3: not <laughs> It doesn't really. really
0: seem that way from the way that this episode was written, you know, so that it's probably yet another occasion where Wikipedia was uh, grossly <laughs> inaccurate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's such a variety of legends that perhaps one of the legends had it that way, and whomever okay. did the article read that one, because there are a, a great deal of different variations.
0: Right. Certainly. What I think was most fascinating about this um, was the cutting of the thread um, to to make some of the people pop literally pop out of existence. Mhm. Absolutely. I mean, I've, the repercussions of all of this. I mean, what would then happen? You know, if if you actually took somebody out of history completely, what would then happen to everybody else they would ever meet in their life afterwards? You know, you, you it really got me thinking quite deeply about the um, the sort of ripple effects that would be produced from that. You know.
2: Yeah, we saw that recently in Doctor Who.
0: We certainly did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of the better stories, I got Doctor. Who, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was, um, I I really did sit there and think about this one quite a bit and I think it was probably the most thought-provoking sort of episode we've had so far, simply because of that particular mythology. I don't know why, but it just sort of, Hmm. um, I I don't know, it it just kind of sparked me off for some reason um, into my thought processes. Um, Fascinating stuff, though. I mean, I know uh, Antonio's, done a fantastic little piece yeah. for this behind the scenes as well that sort of goes into very similar sort of things mm. and and that, that was superb by the way Antonia <laughs> really yeah. really interesting stuff <laughs>
2: the nature of time
0: yeah I mean, it's fascinating isn't it you know I mean because if one ca- you know just oh, my, my head's already getting ready to explode here. Just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, I the, mean, I don't shears. see
2: time as linear. There's very theories. I see it more yeah. as a river, and some right. sometimes it when it sort of winds, it will come back on itself, and there might be a little overlap as it sort of, and then rather wow. than and then of course <laughs> you
0: get the ripple effects as well, you know, running yeah, through the water yeah. itself. Yeah. And um, yeah. I mean, it, it truly was a fascinating concept. Um, so, uh, production-wise, what did you like the most on this particular episode?
2: Hmm, I did really like how you did. <laughs>
1: ah,
0: right, so there we are. That. A little bit of technical glitches over and done with. <laughs> that was always airport, bound to happen, so... wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyhow, you were saying?
2: Well, I particularly liked the effect of cutting with the piano wire, I believe it was.
0: It was indeed, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was in true sort of Doctor Who style. <laughs> it was actually a scraped piano wire. And then I had um, an electrical cable that was actually cut by some wire snippers for the actual, you know, the, the snipping of the threads within the episode So, yeah, it was all piano wire and electrical wire based um, and such like.
2: Yeah, because I wrote in the cutting and also the weaving and I wasn't quite sure how you do it, but you always do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think what it is is that I try and get to the essence of what the sound actually is, you know. And so what I did, uh, with this particular episode anyway, um, was I went onto the Sound Dog's website and one of the things i did was i just typed in the keyword weaving and it came up with a whole boatload of sound effects you know um from various sort of pieces of machinery um to do the weaving and through to sort of um, people hand weaving things and all sorts of different styles of sound effects and i I must have downloaded about a hundred of those or about 100, 150 of them, and I, I just sat there for a couple of hours just trying to figure out and trying to put a collection together um, that would most suit this episode. So I basically went through the script and just tried to pick out what the key sounds were going to be. And then I had, a, a, obviously, then, at that stage, I've, I've then got a whole library of things that I can kind of pick and choose from. So, yeah, I mean, the um, the cutting of the wire... Or the cutting of the threads in this particular episode is, like I said, it, 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 it's either a piece of electrical cable or it's a fence, you know, like a barbed wire fence
3: mm.
0: that's actually being cut by a pair of wire snippers. Um, the <clears throat> some of the magical sounds, the magical sounds, where uh, that that happens um, in order to indicate that. some of the characters that appeared or disappeared Mm -hmm. and such like that was created by that that actually stemmed like i said from true doctor who style (laughs) it's a scraped piano wire and it has that incredible sort of reverberation to it uh Mm -hmm. which i then ran through uh, god only knows how many different types of filters and such like um to beef it up and try and give it some kind of um Uh, some kind of mythical quality to it, because obviously a script piano wire sounds very, very sterile and clinical, and so one of the things I did was that I I, I underlaid that particular sound with a bit of wind and various other bits and pieces, and I I used a variation of it for each of the three norms uh, as well, and I changed the pitch on each one, I don't know whether you notice, but the pitch is different for each character as well, so each character has its, its own unique um, sound effect under the layers, underneath their voices. Um, what else is it that I did? I mean, there's a section in there where you hear the old lady actually uh, weaving away in the background. Yeah. That is an actual uh, 1900s weaving. That was a recording of somebody actually weaving in the 1900s. Uh, so uh, I kind of try to... I mean, as I always do with mod, I tend to try and pick out sound effects that are kind of going to be almost period-based. OK, this is a mythical character, so it didn't strictly have to be, you know, <laughs> in this particular instance. But I really thought it worked well, actually, because it, it is somebody actually physically hand-weaving something up. I'm sat <laughs> under the tree hand-weaving. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've
2: Yes, sorry, I've sh- i found when I'm doing... Sound effects, a lot of people are used to hearing what is supposed to be the sound and not the actual sound. Uh, For example, when a sword is being drawn, often you will hear a metallic sound. But in reality, I I have piles of swords and they're all either leather or wooden sheaths. And when you hear it being drawn loud, all you hear with the wood is a a gentle... (laughs) And the leather, you don't hear anything at all. Yeah. You hear nothing. Uh, you could <laughs> creep up behind someone, draw your sword, and they would never know. But whenever wow. you hear in telly or, or in a, a film, whenever they draw a sword, you hear this yeah. metal sound, and you're going, where did that come from? Yeah, but yeah. everyone is so used to hearing it.
0: I, I'd i agree with that as well. I mean, the other, the other thing is uh, kicking and punches, sort of sound effects, um... If, if if you're working in audio or even on the TV series and um, mm-hmm. the old Batman series was
3: no, particularly yeah. right for
0: this, you know the sort of kapow and the you know the tsh, uh-huh. sort of sounds a punch doesn't actually sound like that. No, it <laughs> if anything, it, it has a really dull sort of thud to it, you know. Um, but it, it's kind of what people are used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we're on the subject of sound effects. Um, one of the things is that on, on mod I tend to build up these little soundscapes that are very, 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 very subtle. And a lot of the things that I put in the mix, people will hear them but not hear them, <laughs> if mm-hmm. you see what I mean. They'll only hear them sort of subconsciously um, in terms of it, just building up the, the sense of reality within each particular scene. Um, and
2: I, I will intervene here and say, listen very carefully the next few episodes because there might be a sound in there that's very subtle that'll be very important later on.
0: Absolutely. And you'll be
2: able to say haha I heard that earlier if you listen carefully.
0: Aye absolutely <laughs> and we'll I'm not going to know that. what it is either <laughs> <laughs> but just listen out for it folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah I mean so a lot of the sounds I mean um a lot of the, uh, for example, a few a few episodes back, we had um, an episode where that had sort of three or four scenes set on a canal,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, or next to a canal, anyway near a canal, and um, it's right
2: I, at the canal. If you've ever been to Modlin, it's right there.
0: Right. Well, well, anyhow, I kind of got this little guy casting a fishing rod out, and that yeah. particular sound effect only appears once in the whole sort of twenty-two minute production. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I still haven't heard it. I, I need to go back and listen again,: and read Have it. you not
0: heard that one yet? I haven't heard
2: it yet. <laughs> cool
0: <laughs> But those are the type of sound effects that I'm talking about here that I'm particularly referring to. you know that people will will sort of hear the episode and it'll just kind of just sink into their subconscious and it sort of, it helps to sort of suspend that reality for them
3: mm-hmm.
0: if you see what I mean, but, but they won't know or they won't necessarily pick it out as an actual sound effect oh yeah there's a guy casting a fishing rod out you know and I've always found that really interesting you know
2: yeah and well uh, I spent many years in theatre and in mm-hmm. costuming and if you've ever seen costumes up close either from the ballet or opera the amount of detail is spectacular the it's extraordinary is isn't and it? beadwork and it's if you've ever seen one up close you know what I mean however no one sees them no, you way back, you don't see it, but it's there.
0: Yeah, I and mean, it if makes you're, a
2: difference.
0: particularly yeah. if you sat at the back of an opera
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, hall, you're never, ever going to see no. any of that intricate, delicate sort of work as well. And, and yeah, that's a really good analogy to use. I know exactly what you mean, because um, I have seen some of those costumes up close. Um, and on the flip side of the coin, of course, um, I've actually seen some of the Doctor Who costumes up close. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly from, from the classic series. <laughs> <laughs> Any
2: girlfriend?
0: And I have to say...
2: <laughs> Not that way.
0: That if you see them on the TV, it's kind of a good job that you can't see them up close. <laughs> oh, some dear. of them really do look bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the one, I mean, a, a really good example of this, right, was um, Colin Baker's um outfit really i mean, yeah it is really garish anywhere yeah when you see it on the tv but you can rest assured that when you see it up close and personal it is even more garish <laughs> to the point I at own which I, that. Think
2: I own it so sorry uh, not that exactly but a replica yeah. of the coat and the scarf right. and the hat <laughs>
0: wow cool but i mean the actual one, though, I mean, seriously, you need a pair of sunglasses when you look at it. <laughs> it really jumps out at you, you know, as being this extraordinarily colourful, bright um, costume. <laughs> I mean, uh, what can I say? I mean, some of the other stuff, some of the other props and such like that I've seen up close as well, some of those look... <laughs> really bad
2: Well, <laughs> this is partly why the album art is so important on Maudlin is that people are able to somewhat visualise what's going on in the episode yeah,
0: I
3: agree I with don't that. Ma-
2: know many shows that have custom album art other than I think Pendant it's yeah, I mean, that I, I, mean that,
0: that, I was just going to say, yeah, that's another good thing about Maud as well, it's certainly another interesting thing is that for e- each episode has its own artwork mm-hmm. associated with it and I've always enjoyed that about the show. Um Of course you've done rather a lot of them yourself. I've done one. <laughs> one? That's pitiful, isn't it, compared to you're the you've done? You're doing the for
2: the last <laughs> the season finale. You're doing the season finale album art, so uh,
0: that, well that's it, you know. I mean <laughs> if you're gonna do one, you know, you've gotta go out on a bang sort of thing. <laughs> so yeah, my second piece will be the last piece <laughs> this season anyway.
2: And there um, have been a good lot of guest artists as well.
0: There have indeed. And, and I'm working on more. Some of those have been absolutely spectacular. Um,
2: yeah, I, one of them is Anke Eismann, who is a German artist, okay. a token artist very well known, and she agreed to do it, so that was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, our listeners haven't seen this one because it's for episode 10, mm-hmm.
2: but there's
0: one for episode 10 that is absolutely fantastic it's chilling as well <laughs> yeah. and i don't really want to go into any more detail than that but it is a fantastic piece of artwork it really is good um and it, there's loads more i mean some of the um some, some of the fantasy type pieces i mean they're all fantasy based but i mean yeah. the ones that are more sort of traditional fantasy pieces of artwork like like our latest piece, for example, I would consider mm. that to be sort of traditional fantasy artwork, yes. and I really, really like that style of artwork. Um, and he's
2: been very generous about letting us use that.
0: Oh, it's stunning, though, isn't it? And it makes it's just fabulous. And <laughs> I agree, he's been absolutely fantastic. All of our guest artists have, anyway.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, absolutely superb efforts there, and um, I really oh, think and it adds to the I might mention, show. I
2: forgot. Yeah. The Hawaiian is a period piece from the 1920s, as a matter of fact. Wow. I got permission to use.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <It's tidbit> there. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's fantastic. That's a great little, that's a great little piece of, of info, because, um, I mean, that, that's the thing that's always stunned me about Maud. Whoever we've asked um, for, for sort of little guest slots, the amount of support we've had for the series has been incredible. I mean, look at Ted Nasmith. For example, on the music side of things, you know, that album was superb. And and every, every, I mean, we've used two episodes that have had his music on it. Mm -hmm. And every time, on both episodes, we've had some fantastic feedback from people saying, fantastic music on the show, you know.
2: Go buy his album. Support him supporting us.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead, buy the album. It's a great album because I've heard it and it's fantastic. Um, And of course, there's spare parts as well. They've been yes. some of the most generous of folks that I've, you know, that you. I mean, we couldn't have wished for anything better, could we? Because the musical side of things has been superb on the show. Um, that one. The little fair
2: pick, pass, I first heard at a ball I was at, as a right? matter of fact, and I loved the music. So.
0: Yeah, it good. is. It's fabulous music, and I, rem- I remember when you. The first time I heard Spare Parts was in our sort of uh, three or four months that we spent sort of like, I, I suppose, up to the up to the point at which we were ready to produce the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I remember you sent me Scottish over and said, well, is it Scottish or Scottish? Because it, it's a funny sort of peculiar spelling on that word, and I've, I never was quite <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and um, I heard that particular piece of music, and you said, How do, what do you think about this as a theme? And I just... Fell in love with it straight away. Absolutely, categorically, yes. You know, this is great. It's a fabulous piece of I keep threatening
2: music. to put a YouTube out of what that dance actually is. Because it's a dance. You, you can Right. Specific.
0: I can just picture people dancing to that particular piece anyway. It's really upbeat as well. And it, it just has that quality about it. Fabulous. Yeah, I'd love to see a YouTube of your dancing (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe perhaps a a tour of the sword collection or something along those lines.
2: (laughs) Uh, Just a note, uh, Voice Acting Alliance, or rather the YouTube, they now have a voice acting channel that a lot of us are in. Right. And at the end of each of mine, I will be doing a short piece on one of my weapons every time. So...
0: Oh, well, there yeah, you go. I've him. had my request already.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you saw the one with the bear, didn't you?
0: I, I did, yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> that was almost, uh, it's sort of almost a master class, really. Um <laughs> enjoyed that one. No, it was good because it was it, it was a good mix of educational and entertainment. It had it all, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check out Alexa's videos because they're really good. I mean, I've, I think at this stage I've only seen the one, however, because you've not something that links to the others. <laughs> but if you do, I will watch them, them because they're brilliant. Ah, well, that would that would explain that then,
2: wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you've been off at the Doctor, haven't you? You went in the future and sold I them. have, yeah. I've been off in my TARDIS. <laughs> Mac. It was Mac. So it was Mac. He kidnapped me. <laughs> That's what it was.
0: Actually, believe it or not, I mean, um, at work, on my desk at work, I actually have a TARDIS on my desk at work.
2: (laughs) I'm wearing a Doctor Who shirt right now. I have a TARDIS on.
0: Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's nice.
2: Not that you can see it, but... <laughs> well, no, but <laughs> perhaps, you
0: could, perhaps you could send a picture and we'll use it for the album art for this behind the scenes. Oh, dear.
2: <laughs> <You might laughs> Alexa's
0: <get that. laughs> Doctor Who shirts. <laughs> is that the same one you were using on your... Uh, is it the radio contest? Radio player contest?
2: Yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. Is that
0: the same one where you stood there with yeah. the... Um, yeah, it's that one. Yeah, with the sonic screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks great.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually sat next to... Um, I collect uh, Series 1 action figures, by the way.
2: Oh dear.
0: I do indeed, yeah. And, um, you know the Christopher Eccleston? Era? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I've got an absolute ton of those. <laughs> yeah, I don't have
2: any, uh, for some reason.
0: Right? Well, Why's that?
2: <laughs> I haven't bought an action figure since Star Trek Next Generation, so that says a little about. <laughs> All right. Okay. How long it's been. <laughs> so,
0: so, so, basically, you're not as big a kid as I am.
2: <laughs> I still have them, and I play with them. Does that count? <laughs> I think
0: that counts, yeah. I've got, a few
2: <laughs>
0: I've got a few of the Star Trek Next Gen ones as well, by the way.
2: I have all of them. Oh,
0: fantastic. <laughs> them. Did you get any of the talking ones? Because they were kind of cool.
2: No, I always preferred the ones that you could move about. Right. And I had these two horses, and they were perfectly to scale, so... I would have Picard on his horse,
0: yeah. Wow, that's great. I mean, one of the things I did was, um, I, I don't know whether you ever saw this, but they actually produced a transporter toy. I don't know whether Really?
3: You,
0: yeah, I don't know whether you actually ever seen one, but I've got one anyway. Basically, I've actually physically got one, and what you do is you put your normal action figures inside Mm -hmm. it, and you have the the actual transporter controls you know, when you slide the faders up, and you do that, and the figures actually disappear inside it. It's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, what I did one day was I actually. (laughs) I made a cardboard cut out of myself (laughs) in a Star Trek, in a Starfleet uniform. I put myself inside it and sort of transport I had great fun transporting myself. (laughs) 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 I mean, speaking of fan geeks, I mean, it's it's perfectly obvious that you and I are both sort of fan geeks. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I've got to say right now, I mean... um, and uh, this this is this is a real turn up for the book, folks. Um, Alexa's out there in California. I'm yes. over here in the northeast of England, uh-huh. and we've both met Darth Vader in the last month, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is fantastic. I met him yesterday, just
2: before, so I mean it was great. He was <laughs> lovely, and it's amazing to me in how wonderful shape he's in. I mean, he he still looks, although he's had a lot of surgeries, he still views like Darth Vader. I mean he's really
0: He does. Hmm. Yeah. I Amazing. Mean, I mean I believe he was a bodybuilder and a, a wrestler yeah. as well at, at one point in his career I think and he's
2: had he's a, two hip replacements but he's still
0: uh, he is right
2: there.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I believe he's in his seventies now.
2: Yeah And
0: yeah. he's he's a fantastic looking fella for his age and I absolutely <laughs> completely agree um, when you said that he's um, a lovely fellow, he really oh, is, he's yeah. absolutely delightful to talk to. I mean, um, my little son, Josh, he's only four years old, and we'd watched Empire Strikes Back on Friday night. Huh. And um, on on Saturday, I actually took him to meet David.
2: Vader. <laughs> he was probably excited.
0: Oh, he couldn't believe it. I mean, we went, I walked right up to David Prowse, and I I said... I said to a little Josh, I said, um, Hey, Josh, do you know who this is? Do you know who this man is? And he's like, Oh no, Dad, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, you watched him last night? This is Darth Vader. I just I couldn't believe it. His eyes lit up because when we were watching Empire Strikes Back. Uh, That's Darth, my
2: favourite.
0: Darth Vader came on, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and he goes, oh, it's Darth Vader, my favourite. And so, <laughs> so when he met him, his eyes lit up and everything, and David Prowse actually got this 10x4 of himself wearing the Vader costume, but he had the helmet under his arm. Yeah, yeah. So you could see his face, and he actually said, here Josh, have a look at this, that's me wearing, you know, and he was really <laughs> good with the kids, fantastic oh, bloke.
3: yeah.
0: I mean, I actually got the impression that he would have sat there and talked to me all day long. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that there was actually a queue building up (laughs) kind of behind me. (laughs) But yeah, he would have... I mean, delightful fella. And yeah, I long may continue because I think he's a... He's just one of those actors who's never really lost. Fame's not really changed him a lot. No, yeah. You know, he's just kind of just a very, very normal, regular guy, you know, and a lovely book.
2: A lot of the... Battlestar Galactica cast, that reimagined, mm. are the same way. They're just lovely in person. They're, they didn't oh. let it go to their head at all.
0: Wow, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Anthony Daniels. <laughs> 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 probably best. Oh, George Lucas. Probably best not go into that conversation though. But uh, <laughs> it wasn't particularly pleasant. <clears throat> I won't say any more though. Oh just got to kind of drop that one. <laughs> um but the chap inside um, Chewbacca he was another sort of delightful sort of fellow as well really? absolutely. Yeah he he's he, he's literally thrilled that fans still recognise him. You know just like David Prowse, you know. Yeah. Just really delightful pleasant people, you know. And uh I mean it must be something to be that famous though and to <laughs> to be recognised the way that those people get recognised, you know, and for them to just take it in their, st- uh, apparently take it in their stride anyway. Yeah. I'm sure they've had a few sort of difficult situations over the years, you know. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, one of the things was, I mean, this was the third time I'd met David Prowse. Yeah. And he was asking me when I'd met him before, I mean, Quite clearly, with the <laughs> tens of millions that he's met, <laughs> he's not going to remember me. <laughs> but, but he was kind of curious as to where I'd met him before. And I said, well, actually, you came to my school as the Green Cross Code Man. <laughs> and he absolutely cracked up. <laughs> he says, oh, my, that must have been like 30 years ago. <laughs> said, yeah, you're right, it was. <laughs> Oh, uh, we, we had a brief discussion about Hayden Christensen as well,
3: oh.
0: and I, I did the whole Frank Invader impression for David Prowse, you <laughs> just fell about it.
2: Yeah, when, whenever he comes to San Francisco, which is where I see him, uh, right. uh, with the 101st, I forget, we have a battalion of stormtroopers here.
0: Cool. Uh,
2: yeah, it's... <laughs> I have a lot of mates in it, and we're all classic Star Wars, we don't approve of the prequels, and David (laughs) Price is mostly the same way, he quite agrees with us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I feel exactly the same way. I mean, did you ever see the, the CBS, I think, was it CBS Fox who made a Christmas special?
3: Did you? Oh (laughs) yes. Yeah. you've seen it
0: then.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had not.
0: Yes, I know exactly what you mean.
2: (laughs) Absolutely
0: atrocious. Even George Lucas, after after it aired, I think it only ever aired once, and that was only in America. It never aired in the UK. (laughs) And uh, more clever. Winter (laughs) Horn. After which she ordered every single copy of it to be (laughs) burnt.
2: And yet it's still on YouTube.
0: (laughs) And still it's out there, yeah. (laughs) I know it's out there because I've got it. (laughs) And it's as dreadful as George Lucas made it out to be. It really is. It's power. Absolutely horrendous drivel. I'm surprised it actually got into production, to be honest with you, because it was so bad. The script was terrible, <laughs> and some of the ideas that were contained within it were awful as well. Uh, I, I, I won't go too much into it, but there's this sort of uh, the, the wookie helmet. Yes. Oh my God yeah. <laughs> And the kookery show. <laughs> Chewbacca's mum preparing a meal whilst watching this sort of cougary show on the T V. Oh uh-huh. awful, awful thing. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> atrocious. So yeah, I'm definitely with you and David Pross on this one. Absolutely hundred percent of the way the classic series had it all and the new. And the interestingly
2: new those that it. prefer the prequels don't like the classic.
0: Well, that's odd. It's mm. a classic series. It's
2: a, sort of a split in mm. the fandom between the prequel and the classic. <laughs> yeah, that's odd.
0: Mm. <laughs> I, d- I mean, that's kind of really odd. I mean, I've found sort of similar things with Doctor Who, actually. You know, you either get fans of the classic series or fans of mm. the new series.
2: Yeah, because I don't mm. really like the new series. I mean, I really no,
0: perfectly all right to say that. It's only an opinion, <laughs> isn't it? You know? Yeah. But, but yeah, I do I do tend to prefer the the classic series myself, except for that one series that Christopher Eccleston did, which I thought was marvellously well put together.
2: I and thought that Eccleston was fantastic as the doctor, but I didn't like the scripts he was in.
0: Right. Okay. It was
2: so irritating. I mean, Oh he's the perfect doctor but get a writer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you'd be relieved to know then that Russell T Davies is going and Stephen Moffat's taking... <laughs> yeah, over.
2: fireworks in the streets when the announcement came. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Stephen Moffat, I have to say, he's written absolutely... Since the show's come back on the air again, Stephen Moffat has written every single one of my favourite
3: anyone
2: he's, uh, he's the only reason I kept watching. I was about to give up on it entirely when... And right. the fireplace at uh, right, and
0: yeah.
2: I was in awe, and oh, it's just they can do so that. Many just
0: good ones, blink, and <laughs> I mean, uh, my favourite one is uh, the empty child from the Christmas, oh, Christmas yeah. the era, the one with the kid with a gas mask. Are mat. you my mummy? That's it, yeah. Are you <laughs> my mummy, man? That was terrifying, and I, I thought. Know. Fabulous. That's what Doctor Who's about. The kids want to be scared a little bit, you know. Well, they want to hide behind the set, and they want to sort of um, sort of hold Mummy and Daddy's hands, you know, whilst they're watching. Um, obviously, you can't take it too far, you know. But no. But th- th- there has to be a balance in there, of course. But, I mean, um, Tom Baker always wanted it to be darker than it was. Mm-hmm. He, he always wanted that, and he was always begging for the show to be a lot more frightening. And it actually was, um, which is interesting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Stephen Moffat, fab- fabulous writer, and absolutely bang on. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled a bit, so he's taking over the show after next year's special, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've we've kind of done the same with Maud actually as well, you know, because there is actually a few sort of scenes within Maud that are actually kind of a little frightening as well. But it's the same approach as with Dr. Hill. You know it's all going to be resolved in the end, you know. So oh, yeah. you can play Maud to younger children. In fact, my, my four-year-old is a big fan of Maud, by the way. Oh, Josh really? loves the show. He absolutely loves it. He loves Atherton and Worsley and Westbrook and all the main characters, Sophie and such like.
2: He yeah, I have well. a, a general policy in all of the writing that I do that hopefully... The entire family can listen. It's not... I feel very strongly about that. Well some of the audios, even on Broken Sea, I wouldn't let children listen to. There's yeah, nothing wrong mean, with that. It's just I prefer...
0: Yeah, of course, yeah. I I, I know, you, you, you've got to be... There's got to be a balance in there, of course. You know, yeah. and um, again, it's all down to the parents' own, um, own opinion of what's right for their kids. Only mm-hmm. they know what's right for their kids, you know. Um, but, I mean... I'm my four-year-old, I mean, he's listened to every episode of Maud thus far, <laughs> and there's times when he's he's sort of sat there and, and looked a little frightened. Oh no! <laughs> but no, 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 no. But in a good way, it's kind of <laughs> like the roller coaster approach, yeah? yeah. Yeah. You know, why do people go on roller coasters? I because don't know. They I want to be frightened, like obviously. Them. You know, <laughs> um, but never in a bad way. Because the balance has always been absolutely right on the scripts on mod, in my opinion anyway. I mean, again, it's just a personal opinion, but I think that the the scripts have always had that perfect balance of of humour, action, characters, uh, a little bit of horror, not much, of course, you know, because yeah. we've always tried to keep that right. And I, I mean, I I have the same philosophy as yourself with the production as well in that. I don't want to. I don't want to produce something that's going to really scare people, you know, <laughs> and sort of lose half of our listener. You know, um, it, the balance has to be right, you know, and I think we've always had it right, and it's mm-hmm. it's been a joy to produce the episodes thus far, and looking forward and they are
2: to more. Based on mythology, which uh, mm-hmm. for the most part anyone can read, there are certain myths mm-hmm. in the original that. I don't know about children. I recall I had a book of mythology with me at a foyer, and right. there was a small girl there whose parents had forgotten to come by, and she was crying, and so someone noticed, oh, you have a book of fairy stories, you should read one to her. So I started flipping through, and I couldn't find any that I thought would be appropriate. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs>
3: so I ended Lord. up
2: reading one and just changing it as I read it out. because.
0: Oh. No. Yeah, 'cause some some scary uh, scary yes. stories. <laughs> That's a Seems good like one actually. Being scary rolled down, down the hill like in that. spiked barrels. Sorry?
2: being rolled down the hill in spiked barrels, I believe that was Cinderella and
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh no I mean some of the nursery rhymes as well are absolutely horrendous. I mean, you know what? I mean a really good example of that, you know, is um I guess
2: uh bye Baby in a tree top alone. <laughs> oh that,
0: that shins, it sends shivers up and down my spine every time I hear children singing that. You know, a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down about the Black Plague. I mean, for heaven's sake, you know, that's terrible. <laughs> Which is, like I say, but that, that's, that. I mean, you can rest assured, Alexa, you've really got the balance right on mod. Um, because, like I say, even, the young, even young children, I play mod episodes to my four-year-old. And he absolutely loves it. He's thrilled a bit, And so, um, you know, every time we've got another one finished, you know, and he often hears me actually putting the production together as well. Oh, yeah. So he'll actually hear it, you know, piece by piece as well <laughs> as it's building up. And so I, I, that's kind of interesting for him.
2: So out of curiosity, when yeah. you're mixing the episode, mm. do you mix it linearly, meaning first scene to last, or do you, do you start doing scenes spotily and then put them together?
0: No, what I do is um, pretty much the way I work is that I'll I'll start obviously with the script I'll do a script. <laughs> really? Uh, uh, yeah, surprisingly <laughs> enough, you know. <laughs> no, but I mean, I do. I start with the script, and what I do is I'll flick through the script and basically just try and get a general feel for the episode, for the different locations, and of course. Um, as as many of you out there are aware already from the previous behind the scenes, Alexa sends me some really good sort of little photographs of each mm. location as well, so I already know exactly what the location looks like. It's just a case of recreating that in audio, and so I'll, I'll do a little bit of planning before I actually start production, basically. And then what I do is I, I flick through the scripts and put in the ambience in. Um, and then adding the lines in over the top. And what I do is I have a little highlighter pen, and each time I put the next line in, I'll highlight that line out so I know exactly where I'm up to within the script. And, yeah, I do go through it (laughs) linearly. No, I haven't had anything to drink at all today, I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) Speak
3: (laughs) for yourself.
2: But I'm just yeah. curious, because I tend to... Yeah. I abhor mixing, uh, right. as you know. And so I always do my favourite scenes first. Right.
0: <laughs> um,
3: and
2: then I procrastinate for months on the ones uh, I don't want to do. <laughs> right.
0: Well, you know what, right? I'm going to tell you right now, right? To your face, in person, right? I don't agree. <laughs> there you go. Um, I think especially on the last, the last couple of episodes of Leila in particular... Um, the production came out on those very, very well indeed, I thought, personally. Um,
2: uh, that was when I discovered panning in every other Yeah, every little, little, to-
0: little <laughs> trick and little toy within the production. Yeah, but I mean, no, I mean, I'm basically, I'll, I'll go through and I'll just basically really roughly sort of tag the episode together. And yeah, I do do it line by line, very much a linear sort of approach. Um, and then I'll balance... I've I've just start I've just changed the way that I work actually. Um, I used to just drop all the lines in and then go back over the entire episode balancing the lines off. You know, because every now and again you get a little bit of dialogue that's maybe perhaps a little too high or too low mm-hmm. in the mix. Mm-hmm. And I actually tag each individual line into the episode individually, separately, so that I can. If there is something in the, in the dialogue that's perhaps a little too loud, like one particular sentence in there is too loud, I can tweak that one sentence mm-hmm. if I want to. And it just gives me so much more freedom within the mix. And then what I do is then I'll go back over the whole mix and really beef up all of the sound effects on it as well. So when I'm actually doing these sort of scene-by-scene scene and uh, in this very much a linear approach, um, I actually put the ambience in and I put in the key sound effects that are actually in there that are scripted, basically. Because, as you know, I don't always stick to the script. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do like
2: what you do most of the time, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, um, everything that you put in that script is in the drama, the audio drama. It's it's all there. <laughs> what I'm saying is when I, when I say I don't always stick to the script, I mean... I I tend to what do you mean almost I tend to augment
2: augment you augment it ah
0: sorry I thought you said almost
3: (laughs) 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 I'm
0: going to have to get some cotton buds out and clean my ears (laughs) but yeah I mean (laughs) but but yeah that's that's Technically, yeah. What I do is um, everything that you put in there in the script is in the audio drama, and then I add loads of extra little bits in there, little subtle things going on in the background, and quite a lot of them. Your average listener won't hear them, Um, but I'm aware that um, our Mr. Holweg's sitting there listening with his bionic ears. (laughs) (laughs) So so I put these. Yeah,
2: I don't. I don't write that much detail in the sound effects because I yeah. entirely trust you. I mean, it's very simple really. But <laughs> some other scripts for other mixes I do, I go into incredible detail as to precisely what to do, but uh, I don't I, really need to.
0: I, I really appreciate <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thank you very much. I really appreciate your faith and your It'll confidence right. there, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other thing, the, the fact that you don't do that allows a, a massive amount of creativity in my from my point of view as well on the <laughs> production, so I can add all sorts of little things in that aren't in the script, you know, and <laughs> and some of those have been really interesting over the years as well. <laughs> I'm not going to go into any details because I want people actually want people to sort of listen and kind of pick these little things out occasionally. You see, it's it's been my philosophy that ever since the very first episode, I kind of want people to listen to an episode of Maud and then after maybe. The fifth listen, they're still finding things that they've never heard before within the mix. And so it's always going to be interesting on repeated listens as well. I'm not doing it just as a one. like I'm I'm not producing with the philosophy that I want people to listen to this once. I'm kind of (laughs) hoping that people will like it enough to play it again, you know. And then when they do, they're going to pick up on extra things that they've never heard before. Within the mix, and of course, I mean, Bill—he—he he, he really does. He has bionic ears. I'm convinced of it. He's a six-million-dollar hey. producer, <laughs> and I often drop little, tiny, little subtle things into the mix that nobody else picks up on except for Bill. <laughs> and it, they're there, really. A lot. Of, some of those are there just for Bill because I know he's listening. <laughs> There was there was one act there was one little subtle effect that I put on, um, and it was in the um, you know the same way they were in the cavern our oh, main characters yeah, in the cavern and yeah. they were being chased by lava. I had this um, I got an email from somebody who actually picked up on on a little trick that I used that not many of the people had actually in fact I think he was the only person who had picked up on it. And what it was was. Um, during that, that whole scene, you've got, like, a whole river of molten lava coming yeah. towards you. Now, if, you, if you're producing in, say, a TV show or a film, what you'd do is you'd add some camera shake in there to sort of make it look like the whole place is vibrating around them, you know, the, the lights. Oh, the
2: vibrate you put on. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so what I did was... Um, actually, what I did was I actually lifted up the bass, actually, on the lava sound effect, um, so that I could get it almost just distorting slightly. And so it gives that appearance of a, a, a sort of a, a, almost almost a vibration with, that's going on around them. The whole place is shaking and vibrating around them. And uh, somebody actually sent me an email about that very hey. thing. Yeah, they actually picked up on it and, and actually said, um, you know, is, that was a really clever trick you used there, you know. How how in the heck did you do that? You know, and I went, <laughs> I went, I sent him a whole email back that was. I suppose if I printed the email, it would have been about two pages long. <laughs> and, and it was, uh, it was really cool that somebody was listening that closely. You know, so I often get feedback like just like that. And I've had similar feedback on um, sort of Torchwood as well. I've had oh, people sort of emailing really? me. Um, I
2: haven't gotten any feedback on that yet, so. I'm <laughs> Oh, right.
0: apart from <laughs> the one that, apart from the one that I forwarded on to you. Yeah, yeah, thanks so. <laughs> for that. That was a particularly good piece of feedback. That I, abs- I was thrilled to bits when I read that, you know. I mean, it, literally, it made my day, and I thought, I've, I've really put a big piece of production in here, and uh, a lot of work into the production on that particular um, audio drama, and it, it was really nice to get that level of feedback from somebody who'd really listened to it in that sort of depth, and just fantastic, you know. And um, I get some, I get loads of emails on the production from on, on Maud as well.
2: Really? Uh, yeah. It's interesting because I don't really get any feedback, I mean, other than right. I see on the forums. And though I know a lot of people listening, mm-hmm. I was talking to a client, right. as a matter of fact, and it happened to come up about Maudlin. And it turns out that one of the... Made in the UK. Listens, and wow. oh yeah, Modeling, yeah yeah. I'm oh yeah, I know that sure, yeah. <laughs> That's odd. <laughs> you write it, <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow, you know, <laughs> and instantly you've become famous, you know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they don't email me, boss apparently Listen, <laughs> which is more important, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I do really get quite a lot of emails. I mean. I suppose um, my favourite pieces of feedback on modelling, um, on the production on Mod, anyway, um, was uh, I actually got an email from somebody who lives in Oxford. Oh, the email well, I
2: remember that one. You forwarded it on, did you not?
0: I did, yeah, because it's just, it, I, I was literally thrilled to bits because he turned around and he actually lives in Oxford now and sent me an email saying, Where the hell did you get the bird sounds from? Because when I went to work this morning, I opened my car door and that was the exact sound I heard this morning, and I thought, Oh man, that's great, you know, that is superb. What a brilliant piece of feedback. And my other favorite piece was um and we, we we still do get feedback on the dragons from episode one Really? <laughs> yeah um and I mean it wasn't there a lady that I think you forwarded on a, an email as well recently from a, a young lady who, who mentioned that um she played the first episode for the first time only a, oh, a few right. months ago and her dog went mental <laughs> went looking around the house looking for dragons and I thought, wow that's that's fantastic you know, because obviously I've done my job as a producer, you know to the point at which it filled somebody's dog it's superb (laughs) that's great, you know so yeah, I get lots of that sort of feedback I'll I'll forward, obviously as as I get it, I'll forward quite a bit more of it onto you as well, so you can Mm. put it onto the uh, Maud blog as well,
2: yeah, because,
0: yeah. Uh, we, we do. I post a lot of it, yeah. I mean, we get some really good feedback as well on the show. It seems that generally people are really enjoying it as well, they're enjoying the balance of the show. I think because Maude is very much like, from my point of view, anyway, it's very much like the original Star Wars trilogy, and there it's almost the perfect balance of sort of action, adventure, comedy, humour. It's got it, it just has it all, you know. And uh, long may that continue, and long may you continue writing it as well. I might add, because <laughs> if you are continuing to write with this sort of level of quality, give it another
2: three months and I'll be into series three.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs>
2: anyway, I'm, I'm determined. I'm not going to write any series three.
0: Until then.
2: Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to keep that. But.
0: All right. <laughs> what? So you, you, you think that sort of series three will be the end?
2: No, I, I just, uh, I'm not sure, so I don't want to write the entire episode.
0: Ah.
2: I have a list see. of what the mythology would be for it already.
0: Right. Okay. Right. But Right, yeah, okay, you don't <laughs> want to give anything away, I, I understand. But yeah, I mean, that's a um, long way these ideas keep on coming to you, because if you continue writing I'll continue producing it's that oh. I, just, I basically I just enjoy the show the cast seems a
2: very eager to
0: continue as well yeah I agree with that as well and and um, there's such good spots I mean hey I mean we, we've asked David MacGyver
2: <laughs> <his> Mac- <laughs> oh yeah but with David who to sort of scream <laughs> like a baby
0: in just about every episode
2: when he's not speaking in old language
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, that's going to, obviously, that is really going to pose some problems, isn't it, in terms of the pronunciation.
2: <laughs> but, uh, technically, we aren't entirely sure how it was pronounced, so...
0: Yeah.
2: She's <laughs> <laughs> a Saxon from Scotland in... I don't know.
0: I'll tell you what really does work, though. I mean, you know, when I said they're really sporting, I mean, I still... I can't believe that, um, that a few episodes back we did "God Save the Queen," and I can't believe that, you know, all of our <laughs> cast members came back with that. You know, I mean that's how mm-hmm. great these act- these voice actors are folks. F- believe you me, I mean that's um, how embarrassing w- must that have been, you know, from, <laughs> from most voice actors. Uh,
2: David David Alt, he is voicing Colchester. Right. Uh, he was sending me some lines, and the way he does it is. He reads along through the script, and whenever he has a line, he stops and says it. So in between, he's scrolling down. Right. And Colchester doesn't have that many lines, so he's scrolling down, and he started singing a right.
3: Oh my God.
2: A <laughs> <laughs> <It's> device. <laughs> <It's
3: so fun. laughs> I mean, of course.
0: <laughs> um of course me being me like you know <laughs> that might very well appear in the future behind the scenes <laughs> so i'm tagged on to the end of something you know <laughs> but but only if only if some of my outtakes are used basically mm-hmm. it would have to be on a basis that some of mine get used because the, the, the one the one thing that alexa and i are like is that we would never expect our voice actors to do or our cast members to do anything that we weren't prepared to do ourselves. <laughs> and uh, God Save the Queen, I actually I sang that myself as a as a Cockney gardener.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> I will be singing in episode twelve. Brilliant! I have to send that over. I don't know if you've read the script, but.
0: uh, not
2: yet. And no. I'll, I'll
0: tell you for why. I have to sing. <laughs> no, I mean basically, what it is is uh, uh, when you send them over. I'll I'll read them initially right? but I don't pay too much attention to them until I go towards, until I put that particular episode into production and there's a reason for that actually, and the reason is is that when I put an episode into production when it gets to some of the surprises that are in the script I want to be surprised as well as a producer, that's how much I enjoy the scripts you know, and I think that comes across in the production as well I don't know why or how or whatever but there's something sort of psychologically in me <laughs> that means where there's a surprising moment for me it, it somehow translates into the audio drama into the episode itself and right. i don't want to mess with that ever <laughs> so when you send a script over i will definitely read them and i do definitely read them but i'll I read them very very quickly i speed read them um because, like I say, when I put the episode into production, I want those surprises to still be surprising to me, if you know what I mean. I don't know I don't know whether mm. that makes any sense, you know. But um, Yeah, it,
2: it does, it does.
0: Because it genuinely does come... I, I do feel that it genuinely comes across in the production as well. Because um, <laughs> when I'm laughing at some of the, the, the sort of one-liners and some of the funny situations...
3: <laughs> For,
0: it. I mean, and, and believe you me, I've sat there at the computer... And I've got an episode to produce, and I'm an hour into the episode, and I think I've I've got maybe four lines actually tagged into the mix because <laughs> 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 I'm sat here giggling like <laughs> I'm sat here giggling away to myself, you know, because um, I, I really do. I mean, I I, I love the humour in mod. It's it's so subtle, and yet at the same point. It's also, it'll also still produce you the odd belly laugh here and there as well. Yeah, I made the
2: decision so. early on that a lot of the humour, uh, you do have to know a little bit about literature and so forth mm-hmm. for some of them. Yeah. I deliberately just said, I will assume that my audience is somewhat educated, of and course. I'm not going to dumb a down for anyone. So. No,
0: and there's no reason why um, you should.
2: Yeah, uh, say so I'll, I'll put something in and go. Hmm, yeah. Who will get that? One person? Ah, put it in. <laughs> yeah,
0: what what the hell? You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, mean, I have found that sort of over the years, sort of comedy sort of breaks down into two different categories. You've got the really silly sort of toilet humour that produces <laughs> belly laughs, and then you you also get the you know the really subtle sort of clever intelligent humour that sort of gives you the sort of right grin. Right, and there are very few people out there who can actually write intelligent humour that cracks people up to the point where they're rolling around on the floor laughing, and one of the comedians that I think managed to achieve that would be Bob Newhart from Chicago, who was mm-hmm. kind of famous in the 60s for his monologue. Yeah,
2: I've seen some of them.
0: They're fantastic, you know, and I think you've managed to achieve just that within Maud. <laughs> and it's actually, it is though, I mean, it's really subtle, really clever humour, but at the same point, it just, you crack up at some of the one liners because they come so left of field, you know. The characters are yeah. having this really intelligent conversation, and then all of a sudden, you'll get somebody like Sophie, you'll turn around and go, <laughs> Why didn't you just do that to start with? <laughs> it's just, it's perfect, you know, the balance is just superb. I really do hope that carries on the way it is. Anyhow, um, I've got to say this, Alexa. You know, we've been talking for about... I, I've no idea how long we've been talking. Two We're, hours? Two hours? <laughs> this is very possibly the longest behind the scenes ever. So <laughs> I choice. believe
2: Wormwood still has us. Sorry? Wormwood still has us.
0: Wormwood still has us, mm-hmm. <laughs> of oh, it? Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> how long was that one?
2: I... That one was over two hours.
0: I think. Wow! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so anyhow, um, I th- I really do. I think it's. I mean, in the UK now, it's five to ten at night. <laughs> so I think we should be kind of looking. One at p.m. here, sorry. Uh, sorry, it's what time?
2: One p.m. here.
0: One p.m. Right, so we weren't that far off on the time zones, and it's about, about. you're about nine hours behind us then mm. in the UK. Right. Well, I think we should be looking at calling this one a day. I think
2: <laughs> <laughs> a night.
0: <laughs> oh, a night. Yeah, this is <laughs> a phenomenally long piece of audio. Enough. <laughs> but it's also actually I don't know I don't know about you, but I also thought it's been one of the f- the most fun behind the scenes <laughs> to do as well. It's just <laughs> been a laugh.
2: <laughs> you might want to edit it down.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
2: You probably need to edit it down.
0: Oh no! What the hell? We'll just put the whole two hours. Up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think think people are going to enjoy that anyway. Because I think they're going to enjoy the banter and the laughs that we've had tonight.
2: We should probably put Antonia first.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Poor people that actually sit through all this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: I think it's probably a good idea otherwise <laughs> nobody will ever get to <laughs>
2: scrolling through two hours if anyone is still listening go out and
0: get a <laughs> there'll be people who they'll have gone out <laughs> Yeah,
2: they'll, <laughs>
0: they'll have taken the dog for a walk <laughs> and come back <laughs> they'll have had a few pints in the local booze at, of Guinness of course you know <laughs> and, uh, they'll have come back and We're still rambling on. (laughs) So, anyhow, uh, take care. It's been
1: an absolute blast. (laughs) See you now. I'm Jack Ward.
2: And I'm Shannon Hilchey.
1: Please join us in the Sonic Society as we delve into the very best new audio cinema the world has to offer.
2: Each week we showcase a new audio drama that you may not have heard of, made by a growing group of new radio play enthusiasts.
1: We also offer interviews tips on audio works, and a continuing serial.
2: So if you love full-cast stories, and who doesn't, please join us each week at the Sonic Society.
1: You can find us at sonicsociety.org or at any of the major directories like the podcast Pickle or iTunes. Join us, won't you?
0: And when you come, bring a friend.